What's up, everyone? Grand, grand afternoon. It's 12 noon. Doing a later live today for a few reasons, but had a fabulous day yesterday at the PGA. What's up, everybody? The PGA got the PGA conference in Orlando. It was the shortest trip of my life, and it was very fun, and it was very inspiring. So we're talking about abundance today. We're going to read from the abundance book. What's up, everybody? Joe Astrid in the house, and it's an afternoon live. Well, we're talking about abundance today, and yesterday was a day of inspiration. Um, golf is obviously a very expensive sport to play. So it ties in perfectly with this live on abundance. Um, because people that play the sport of golf, or people that were at this convention, rather, let's say, and not lump people together, are people that live in a state of abundance. There is so much money in the sport of golf. It's a very expensive sport and it's a mindset, right? When you play golf, you are in a mindset. It's people that have abundance that play golf because it is expensive. So being around so many industry professionals, um, seeing the luxuriousness of golf and between the clubs and the attire, just the whole realm of golf, it gets you into a different state of being. Because when you're spending money, there was a lot of wellness products there. There was a lot of fitness stuff there. So when you're looking at all these things and you're seeing all these people that are just spending tons and tons of money, there isn't a time where they're like, I shouldn't spend this. I'm not lumping everybody together, but it's like I shouldn't spend this amount of money or I shouldn't do this or I wish I could afford that. This, these are people that live in a state of abundance. They have incredibly successful businesses. They own country clubs. They own golf clubs. They own different golfing events and things like that. So when you're around people like this, it rubs off on you. It's either, if you're in the right state of being, if you're in an abundant state, it's going to either make you feel more inspired or if you're coming from a, a state of lack, because obviously there's a lot of people that work was, were working these events, or you're going to come from a state of lack saying, I wish I had what these people had. So, yes. So when we are around situations like this, it's either going to make us feel obviously one of two ways. You're either going to feel so inspired and say, oh my God, like I need to really step my game up. No pun intended, right? Or you're going to feel inferior to people that have a lot of money. When I was younger and I would meet people, like when I was living in LA, like when I was dancing and I would meet people or I would go to these huge mansions and things like that, like I felt inferior. Why? Because I lived in a state of lack. Wow, I wish I could have this. Oh my God, it's crazy, you know, that, that someone can afford this. Now when I go to places of wealth or abundance, I'm inspired by it. I'm like, okay. Next goal. This is my next goal. This is my next financial goal. How am I going to set my game up here? So again, as I always say, abundance is a state of being. It has nothing to do with being lucky that you made money. It has nothing to do with how hard you work. And obviously work is a part of it. But abundance and wealth are a state of being. And that's the only thing that we have to really remember is that if we're in a poverty mindset, if we're in a victim state, we can change that and we can shift it. 
There is no reason why we cannot change and shift our mindset. Because again, you can always go back to people that came from absolutely nothing. And what did they have? They had a mindset and a will that I'm going to go after and I'm going to get this. I'm going to be the greatest football player that ever lived. I'm going to be the greatest painter that ever lived. Maybe a person had nothing and they're painting on the walls in their house, practicing their art. We always hear these quote unquote success stories of all the people that really didn't come from anything and they became the greatest at something. The only thing that they had different was a mindset. Thank you, Leslie. But that's the only thing that they had different was a mindset. Their state of mind was, I am, I am this, their I am this, I am going to be the greatest. Not, oh, I am so poor. I'm so unlucky. That's your, if that's your I amness, that's always going to be what your reality looks like. But if you go places, like where I was at yesterday at the conference, and you see the amount of wealth that exists, you realize it's a state of being. And that's it. It is a state of being. When you feel inferior in life, in your mind, and not good enough, Life is going to reflect that for you. Life is going to show you you're not good enough. It's all states. That's all that it is, is states of mind, states of being. If your state of being every single day, oh my God, I'm so sick. Oh my God, my back hurts. I'm in so much pain. That's a state. That's walking into a room and saying, this is the room of pain and I'm going to live in here. But if you want to go into another state of mind, leave that room in consciousness and walk into another room. A room that's bright. A room that makes you feel great. A room that says, I'm worthy of everything that I want. A room that says, I am pain free. I feel amazing. I'm so healthy, I can't even believe it. It's only states. And Neville Goddard, I always talk about this. Neville Goddard always talks about you can't live in two states at once. It's just like the same thing. You can't live in New York and Pennsylvania and be in the same place at the same time. In the same way that you cannot live in two states of being in your mind at the same time. You can't live in I am poor and I am rich at the same time. It's not going to happen. I used to golf when I was younger. It was nice being outside on beautiful courses. And even the state of being or mind that golf may put people in, you see all this lush greenery, right? It's, it just bleeds wealth, wealth of nature, wealth of focus and concentration, wealth of people, right? And it just so happened that I was there yesterday and today is talking about abundance. Because when you do these things and you go outside of your comfort zone, I don't know the first thing about golf. I know that you have a golf club and a golf ball, and that's about all that I know. But I know that just being in the presence of the top of the top, I mean, the PGA conference is an elite conference. So being around the best of the best. So I got to see so many different products, like especially even for health and wellness. But there's no product that was like what we had. So that was even more fun because people wanted to learn about the technology that uses frequency and light to heal. 
So that feeling is a feeling of abundance. I'm abundant in this knowledge and wisdom that something can rebalance you just with light frequency. So people were very intrigued by that itself. Well, what do you mean there's nothing in these patches? Because I had it on my elbow yesterday. What do you mean there's nothing in them that goes into the skin? Well, I don't understand how this works. So having the abundance of knowledge also goes into the category of abundance because why knowledge is power. When we have the knowledge of so many different things, it's very difficult for you to lose in life unless you have a mindset that says, I might know all these things, but I can't have all these things. But if you have all the knowledge and you understand the mindset of abundance, I have all this knowledge and I already have all these things. It's about being delusional in your mind. Because if you can say in your mind, I can never have this, I can never have that person. I wish I could have that position in a job. If you could say that in your mind, that's what your reality will become. But if you can be delusional and say, like, I am so happy and grateful that I have the position that I, that I dreamed of. My reality has now come true, right? It's a state of mind. It's a state of being. That's it. If you don't like your reality, move to a different room. Open the door of happiness. Open to the door. Open the door that I have this. Open the door. I am in a loving relationship. Whatever it's going to be. Open the door. Walk through it. That changes your state of consciousness. Therefore, that changes your entire three-dimensional reality. Thank you, Doug. Let's just read a sentence from the Abundance book. Again, guys, it's the littlest book on earth. And it's one of the most powerful, the Abundance book. Creating a deeper understanding of money for individual prosperity. In my description of money, three words in the statement need further emphasis. They are when properly expressed. You see, unless you create a cause with your natural energy through expression, you cannot have an effect. Your energy is expressed or invested, and the yield is your return in the form of visible supply. So let's talk about an investment. Thanks, Karen. When we are thinking, no matter what we're thinking, we're investing in that belief. So if I am believing every single day, I'm not worthy, I'm not chosen, I'm, that's an investment for me. I'm using my friggin' good energy, I'm wasting my energy on the thought of I'm not worthy. That's an investment. In the same way that if you are training to be an athlete, you're investing your time in becoming great. That's in anything. So where are you investing your consciousness and energy? Where are you investing? If you're constantly investing in I'm the greatest and I have the most, um, I have the best restaurant in the city. I'm going to, I'm investing in that thought and I'm going to make it a reality because it says here, your energy is expressed or invested and the yield of that invest investment is the return in the form of visible supply. So if you're constantly dwelling on, my bags are getting on my nerves today. If you're constantly dwelling on, I could just never have an amazing relationship. I'm always treated like shit. You're investing in that idea 
And the yield is your return in the form of visible supply. Surely enough, someone's showing up to show you that you're not worthy and you're deserving of being treated like shit. But if in your mind, you always wanted to open a certain business, or you, in your mind, you're more than worthy of having an amazing relationship, the visible supply is, is in your reality. You invested in that idea. You invested in that belief. So when we start looking at our thoughts as investments instead of just something that happens of thinking, right? Our reality is going to shift because the yield is your return in the form of visible supply. That's it. When we start to see things in the ways of investment, our consciousness is an investment of our reality. If you don't like your reality, then start investing in something else in your consciousness. That's it. We complicate, we overcomplicate this reality because we allow the outside world to dictate how we feel. I don't have this out here, so I feel not worthy. I'm treated like shit by my partner, so in here I feel that I'm not chosen or I'm not treated well. Instead of investing in that time, in your consciousness that I am a queen or I am a king, I am treated like a god all the time. You know, you can think of a person, every single person on here can think of one person right now that walks around like everyone owes them the world and they get it. Some people can say that they're stuck up. Some people can say, who does that person think they are? It's exactly who they think they are. They think, so a man thinketh, so he is, and so he is. What a man thinketh, so he is. Who does that person think they are? They think that they're a queen or they think that they're a king and they fucking get treated like one. That's who they think they are. And the world, your return of investment is in the form of supply, visible supply. When you invest in your mind, I am a fucking queen and I'm treated like it everywhere I go. Your visible supply will show up in your three-dimensional reality. It's very simple. How do you express your energy, your very essence? Just think about that yourself right now. How do you express your energy? When you walk into a room, your energy is expressed while you, whether you're aware of it or not. When someone that's really angry and nasty walks into a room, you don't even have to, to look at them. You feel it. That's the energy expression. That's the energy expression that you're putting out into the world. And while the energy that you put out unfortunately doesn't affect manifestation if your belief is different than the energy you put out, you could be the most angry person in the world and still manifest everything that you want. You can. King Chip in the house. You could be the most angry asshole in the world and still get everything that you want because it's only a belief. If you believe that I could have all the things that I want, think about all the evil people in the world, that they have everything that they want. Because they know how to tap into this energy. They know how to do it. They know how to manifest. But the energy expression part of it is, how do you want to show up in the world? Do you want to show up into a room where everybody notices that you have the most disgusting energy? 
Maybe you don't care. But in order to create harmony, you want, <laughs> in order to create harmony, you want to express from yourself energetically the type of energy that you want to see in the world. So if you want peace and you want love, that is the form of expression that you have to give off. So whenever people say, I just want world peace, go and be the world peace that you want because your energy is a form of that peace. It's a collective shift. You can't point out there and say, I want world peace, but you're not peaceful within yourself. Moving forward, through your thoughts, feeling, feelings, words, and physical activities, all combined in a daily program of meditation, controlled visualization, intense love, joyful thanksgiving, verbal harmlessness, and right action, in this case, for the express purpose of cultivating your energy field for the harvest of money. Now, I disagree with this a little bit, obviously, because you don't have to have these things in order to harvest money, right? You don't. But if you want money to come from a space of joyful thanksgiving, verbal harmlessness, the right action, we want to walk out into the world with a controlled visualization of intense love, joyful thanksgiving, and all the things that I just mentioned, right? So was there a little blip or negative tug in your consciousness when the term harvest of money was used? Still think that money is the root of all evil? The worship, the worship of money is, but not money itself. Let me say it again, that money is simply a medium of exchange. What people use to exchange for goods and services, a part of the physical living process while on earth. Your energy made visible. Let's just break down your energy made visible. The amount of money that we have is in exact alignment with how we feel about ourselves to be true. Think about that. What was that sentence? It's your energy made visible. Instead of equating money with greed, selfishness, exploitation, and bondage, think of benevolence, generosity, goodwill, and freedom. The spiritual values of visible money supply. So when we're thinking of money and abundance, think about the amount of people that you can help with it. Think about the good that you're going to bring to people. Right? How can I help people with the abundance that I have? And if you're still in a state of lack, you're going to come from a space of, well, I just don't have enough money. Like, how can I help people? I don't have enough money. Or if you're in the state of, well, I don't have the money now when I get it. Like, how am I supposed to help people if I can even help myself? That's coming from a state of lack and victimhood. We can only victimize ourselves. When we victimize ourselves, our reality will victimize us because it's a reflection of our thoughts and our beliefs. When you walk in power and you stand in power wherever you go and you act out of love and you act out of kindness and gratitude, Kat says, you have the money you think you deserve. Very simple summary. You have the money that you think you deserve. I'm undeserving. I am not worthy. If that is your belief and that is how you walk around. Most people are like, I don't walk around feeling unworthy. I don't walk around feeling not deserving of something. It's because you're not really understanding what we're saying. <laughs> 
It's a feeling. You're not walking around like, I'm not worthy. Wow, I'm not worthy. Wow, I'm, I'm really, I'm not worthy. Um, I'm never chosen. It's not, you're not walking around with these statements in your mind. It is a feeling of like, I'm just not lucky. I never get those things. I never had luck in love. You know, people always treated me like shit. I was always bullied. If those are the type of things that happen to you, it's because your belief are those things. Even if you're not consciously aware of that. Because somewhere in your life, in your childhood or your upbringing, that was the dominant theme. Maybe your parents didn't give you the attention that you needed, the love that you needed. Maybe your parents told you, you'll never amount to anything. Why are you so stupid? Stop eating that junk food. You're too fat. Those things create a belief system of unworthiness, of not deserving, of not being chosen. Those are what create the reality that we now have. And we live from those belief systems from when we were children. 40 years later, 60 years later. You can think right now, either in yourself or someone else, that they've literally attracted the same type of situations over and over again. Their span of their entire life. And many people will look at that and say, yeah, well, they're just not lucky. Must be nice to have all the things that you, that you have or she has or he has. That belief system is somewhere all the way back there that you don't even realize that you're living with and you're walking with. And that is the reason why your reality is expressed in the way that it's expressed. So that's the biggest thing. I desire more money to give to my loved one to experience, sorry, my loved one's experiences to enrich their lives. Let me just look at that sentence again. I desire more money. So Lulu, when it comes to manifestation, I'm going to even use the word manifestation. When it comes to consciousness and our mind, the subconscious mind only knows the present. So if you're telling your subconscious mind, I desire this amount of money, that means you don't have it, right? That means you don't have. We don't want to come from a state of not having. I desire this. That comes from a state of lack. So it's just learning curves, right? It's just learning like how to reprogram and rewire my mind so that I can have all the things that I desire. Desire is future tense. I have all the money that I need. I am always provided for by the universe that I have more money than I can ever. I'm abundant, exactly. Than I can ever need or whatever it is for you. Wealth looks different for everybody. But I am so abundant that I get to provide for my family. I'm so abundant that I get to provide for other people and bless them with my finances. Right? It's even small acts of kindness that are abundance that that is an that is a feeling of abundance by maybe bringing somebody their favorite dessert one day or doing something that is giving away because you know that you're always provided for instead of saying like you know you have this idea to do something nice to somebody be like oh I can't I just can't afford that even something that doesn't cost any money there's a rose bush outside and you pick a rose for somebody and you give it to them that's being in a state of you know gratitude and giving Wanting to be in a state of giving because giving means what? If you give things, the opposite reaction of that is receiving. That's again, 
also a feeling if you are in a state of receiving. I always have more money than I need. I cannot help but to attract a lot of money into my life. I say this daily and has always aided me. That's all it is, is just changing and shifting. I always have more than I need. I'm so grateful that I always have more than I need. I have more love than I need. I have more money than I need. I have more friends than I need. It's an, it's an all-encompassing feeling of abundance that comes... What was my... I don't know what I was going to say about that. Hold on. Let me just read this. I have to shift my thoughts quickly when they start to turn negative. T- tough to fight old wiring. Listen, the old wiring is like impossible, but it's not impossible. I'm just saying we're hardwired. It's literally like a program in your computer. And I say this a hundred times, you have to re-upload. You have to upload a new idea. You have to upload a new game in your computer in order to play it. That's the simplest way that you can put it. And your subconscious mind will try to override, override, override. You're like, but I'm uploading the other program of I'm abundant and I have everything that I need is at like 25%. And that um, other other idea is at 100%. So it's going to try and override this idea, override this idea. 100% is greater than 25%, right? But you keep pushing and you're like, now I'm at 30%. That 100% is still going to try and override with the old ideas and the old story. Now I'm at 50%. Wow, this is getting easier. Now it's 50% versus 100%. So the subconscious is slowly, slowly, slowly allowing other ideas to be welcomed in. Because subconscious is trying to protect you. Like it's just trying to protect you with all the shitty, stupid ideas that you've had in your life of who your subconscious was programmed to tell you that you are every day. It's trying to say, no, stay over here. It's safe here. It's safe to feel hurt. You know what the outcome is going to be. It's safe to to be with a person that's not going to treat you right because you know they're eventually going to leave. You already know the outcome, but when you start to shift and shift and shift and shift and shift and shift into a different mindset, all of a sudden your mindset becomes, I get whatever I want easily instead of everything being a struggle because you believe everything was going to be a struggle. Now, all of a sudden things start to come a little bit easier. Your life starts to shift. Things start to turn around. This feels unfamiliar to me. I feel danger. Even though it's something for the good, we're so used to feeling bad things that when something good starts to happen and shift in our lives, we're like, this feels foreign. I don't like this. This doesn't feel right. I I can't do this. No, no, no. And you want to go back to your old ways. But if you continue to push through, push through, re-upload, re-upload the programming, things start to shift and it it starts to feel more natural. It starts to feel more natural to you to be loved. Instead of be, to be left. It feels more natural for you to have all this money instead of, I can't afford. And then it becomes normalized, like where you just expect money. I just expect money every day. That is the mindset that I shifted into. I just expect money to come to me freely every single day. The overabundance of money flows freely to me every single day through my talents. That's what one of my affirmations was. For a long time when I lived in LA, when I was still living on a dancer salary, and then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, like I would start to shift, and then like a job would come up. Some other gig would come up. Hey, we want you to work here. We want you to do this. Before I went on tour, I was like, I need to get out of LA. Like, I need to travel. It was probably 
it was maybe two weeks before I said that to myself. I said, I need to, I'm ready to travel. I need to start traveling again. And then my sister's like, would you want to come on the road with us? It just fell out of the sky. Never in my life did I think that I was going to be on, on tour. Never. But the universe has a weird way of listening to what you're saying and what you're feeling inside. Because it's an energy. It's a vibration. It's a frequency. Whatever you want to call it. What helps me to do is to drop and feel from my heart versus my ego and mind. And that's definitely a great point is feeling from the heart instead of the ego or the mind. Joe Ashton, I'm going to save it. Feeling from the heart. Feeling from the heart space. It's Joe Dispenza, who is it? Someone else knows this in here. Who says that um, the heart is, I don't know how many more times stronger than the mind, like the energy field. I think before they thought the opposite. Please put a spell on my tiny... What? Guys, we're not, we're not doing spells here. I mean, in a way we are, but not really. Oh, we're not, yeah, we're not talking about all that. We're not talking about anything. Just be in alignment. So, I never really understood that either. It's like, well, you know, you have to be in alignment for the things that you want, right? 10,000 times more. I knew that you guys would know this. Thank you. Um, just be in alignment. Just be in alignment. What does it mean to be in alignment? And I think that many people will say, well, what the hell does that mean? Like, I have to be in alignment with this. Like, how do I know what the alignment is? And I think that answer can be different for many people. But for me, like, when I think of something exciting, like, that's in alignment for me. When I was planning my retreat, like, I was so excited about it. Like, I was just in alignment with it. Like, I saw it in my head. Like, I felt it. It was like me watching the movie of my retreat unfold in my head all the time. Like, oh my God, I love this. Like, this is such a great feeling. That to me is alignment. But when you're trying to be in alignment or you're forcing something that's coming from a state of lack. So I think just getting into alignment with something is literally just feeling it. What does that feeling look like for you? It's not like, let me go search for the very exact frequency that this is on so that I can get to there. It's just a feeling like everything is for every person is going to be different. So if it's driving a new car, you're like, oh my God, I am so excited that I have this new car. And again, in your mind, you don't, or in reality, you don't already have it. But in your mind, you're like, that car is already mine. You see yourself driving it. You love the feeling of it. I'm not talking about materialism all the time, but just things or the new house that you want. Feeling that, being in bed in your new house, that's a feeling that you're aligning with. But it's also if you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, this is so amazing. Like having this beautiful house, but I'll never be able to afford it. You just canceled out your visualization. You just canceled out your ability to bring that into your reality. Because you're investing your that investment in your mind. Because we're investing with our thoughts. So if our investment in our thoughts are, oh my God, this is amazing, but I can never afford it. You're investing in the idea that you can never have it. But if you're investing in your thoughts and you're investing in the idea, I am so happy and grateful that I have my dream home. I'm living in my dream home. I can't even believe this, right? That is then what yields your reality. Or it will at least, if you stay in that state. 
You have to stay in that state of having, not not having. I've had things happen like buying my first house and not having the money and then boom, lump sum came in my hands because it's all a belief system. Joe Astrid, how about manifesting for others? You see them differently, showing up differently in your reality. Because this is like a topic that people don't like in the manifestation community is that no one has free will in your reality because this is literally your experience. And it's not because you're doing something or you're making someone do something else. But this is literally our individual reality. Everyone is an extension of us, right? Everyone is our mirror. So if you want someone to show up differently in your life, you have to show up differently in your own consciousness for yourself. If it's a person, say it's your partner and they're not treating you right. You have to start seeing in your mind, I am a god or I'm a goddess and I am treated with the utmost respect by my partner. When you make that shift and you start to walk differently and your energy is different, the people in your life are also going to shift. And again, they're either going to shift closer to you and shift into exactly what your energy match is or they're going to just shift out of your life. And that other person is going to come in that reflects what you're actually feeling. So you can read a lot about this. It's people talk about this and say, you can't control what other people do, but no, the other side of it is no one has free will in your reality. Because if you look at this matrix system as a game or that you're the writer and director and star of your movie, you get to tell everybody else what to do. But it's a mind. I'm just talking about manifesting health for someone else. Yes. You see them well. You see them well. It's like prayer, Joe. It's like prayer. When people get together and they pray for the healing of someone, and all of a sudden doctors are like, it's a miracle. This person was not supposed to live. We don't know how this happened, but it's a miracle. It's energy. It's putting the energy out of healing that this person is healed. So prayer and manifestation are one and the same. So if it's about the healing of someone else, see them in your mind healthy. If it's your pet, see them healed. Again, it's the energy that we're putting out there. But if we're constantly saying, I know they're going to die, they're never going to make it, and all these things, look at the difference in energy of knowing, the knowingness that someone is healed or the knowingness that they're not going to make it. The energy and the feelings are very, very different in that sense. My little sister was really sick in the hospital. They didn't know what to do with her because she had a tumor in her chest the size of a football. Literally the width of a the size of a football. They didn't know what to do with her. It was cancer. She was 18. And, I mean, she was dying. There was no question about it. They didn't know what to do with her. And she was in the hospital from... December, I think, until April, and mostly in ICU the whole time. There were so many. There were so many complications. There were blood clots in her neck. Um, there was things going on with her lungs and collapsing trachea and all these things because the the tumor was wrapped around her trachea. They had no idea what to do with her. They were giving her chemo. They were giving her all these treatments. We wanted to do macrobiotics. We wanted to give her um, carrot juice in her feeding tube, and they wouldn't let us. There were just so many things that were going on. So this healer 
Angel. What the hell was her name? I'll think of it. It was just a random thing. Her best friend's mother was at a diner and she had a bracelet on that said pray for Steph. And this woman, Angel Baby or something like that, came over to her or was the waitress and said, what is this? Like, who is this person? Should I want to come and see her? She had no idea. Should I want to come and see her? I can help this person. She came. She was this little, tiny, blonde. She was little. Long, long, blonde hair. She was older. She was probably in her mid-50s or something like that. But here's this woman came walking into my sister's hospital room. It was it was at nighttime because it was dark. And I was there. I think her best friend Colleen was there. Colleen's boyfriend at the time was there. I think that those are the only people that were there. And she came in the room and she started to pray over my little sister. And she had a picture of Padre Pio. If anybody, there's probably plenty of people in here that know Padre Pio. But he healed people. And she had a picture of Padre Pio and she put it on her. And she had us hold hands around my sister's hospital bed. My sister was in a coma at this time. She'd been in a coma for a while. She wasn't even conscious. She had us all hold our hands together. And she prayed over her. And she prayed and she said, I'm going to leave this picture. She had a big picture of Padre Pio and then she had a small prayer card. And the prayer card she put underneath of Stephanie's pillow. And she was in a coma, so... She had no idea what was going on. Nothing. So the lady came and she went. We were like, thank you so much for coming. Like, you know, whatever. She left. And the next morning when we went back up to the hospital, my little sister had the prayer card in her hand of Padre Pio. And she was still in a coma. She was not awake. And we're like, we asked all the staff. And it was under her pillow. So nobody knew that it was there. Did you put this prayer card in her hand? No, no idea where it came from. Every person that was on duty asked this person if they gave her this prayer card. No, it was under her pillow. How would we even know that it was there? It was in her hand the next day. So we were like, we, we, had, we still to this day have no idea how it got there. After that woman left, all these miracles started to happen. She started to turn around. All these strange things started happening. Why? The power of prayer, the power of healing, the power of belief. And there are some people that are so gifted that they are healers. They lay their hands on you and they know how to use their energy. So that is, Joe, look up Padre Pio. So that's the power of manifestation and prayer is we have the ability to channel these healing energies. So when you're talking about helping someone else to heal, she saw my sister well, and she knew how to facilitate this divine energy through herself to help heal her. I'm telling you, the doctor said, we're lucky if she makes it through the night. The doctor said, we don't know, you know, it's not looking good. The doctor said, we don't know how to, what we're going to do with her. The doctor said, it's just a matter of time. This is an 18 year old child. And this lady came in the room and she brought her ability to heal, which is seeing through the mind and feeling it to be true. And she was able to do that. My sister is amazing. She is. Here's the other thing. They told her she would never be able to have kids. She had the highest form of chemotherapy. And this is when she was 18. She's now 30. 
that she would never be able to, be able to have babies. They were going to freeze her eggs. This is 18 years old. You're making this decision. Should, you know, do you want to freeze your eggs? You're not going to be able to have kids. She has two gorgeous, healthy boys. And I mean, beautiful children. So that just goes to show you the power of the mind, the power of healing is out there. And this knowledge and capabilities are hidden from us. So anything is possible for us to be able to heal ourselves, for us to be able to heal other people. That's the secret. We are the secret. They called it the secret because it's not going out there somewhere to look for it and find it. It's called the secret because humanity has been so dumbed down on purpose to believe you have no power. Like, yep, the secret's already within you, dumbasses. You hold the key, but it's a secret and we're not going to tell you. We are the secret. That's it. The power is within you. The power is within me. Thank you. But again, that's, that is the power of prayer or manifestation or belief. They're all the same thing. It's faith. That's it. It is faith. Yes, we are already connected. Absolutely. So I will end this with that story uh, because it's a very powerful one. And right place, right time. My sister's best friend's mother was at a diner wearing a bracelet, a purple bracelet that said, uh, pray for Steph. This lady was the waitress. Who is this person, she asked, about the bracelet? Do you understand divine timing? And that's the same thing with manifestations for your own life. Is it all happening in divine timing? It doesn't happen when we want it to. I'll give you one more story. The guy that I worked with yesterday who was in with LifeWave, he said, I've wanted to come to the PGA conference for 20 years. But you can't go to it because it's not open to the public. He's like, I've been an avid golfer for, however, I think 40 years. He said, I wanted to come to this convention for 20 years. I've been dying to come here for 20 years. My friend called me. I was in church, he said. And he said, my phone was ringing 10 times. He's like, what is, why is this person calling me? Like, what's going on? He said, he thought something was wrong. So he excused himself from church. He said, hey, what's going on? He said, oh my God, I have the best news. He was like, someone was supposed to come with me to do um, this event at the PGA conference tomorrow and the spot opened up. Do you want it? Do you want the spot? So I'm not saying that your manifestation is going to take 20 years, but it's just everything happens in divine order. Everything happens in divine timing. So now this guy, I guess he was maybe at 60, maybe in his 60s, waited 20 years to come to this conference. He, he thought about it and thought about it. And then somehow someone else dropped out and like, hey, do you want to come to this? It's just divine timing. We don't get to tell God how we want things to unfold. We just have to have the blind faith that they're going to unfold for us. And that's it. So with that, we'll conclude for today. And um, I'll repost this. And I hope that everybody has a wonderful, wonderful weekend. 
and an abundant weekend. Just remember, we are the secret. There's nothing out here that's the secret. We are the secret. So, have a beautiful weekend. And I will see you all on. Guys, I can't keep going. I got shit to do today. Yesterday was the longest day ever. And I was like, oh my God, I got so much to do today. Um, so, guys, I'll open my own manifestation school. You know how powerful that would be. I, I actually thought about that a lot. Is opening a school for the mind. Um, so, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about it, and I'm sending you all love and abundance. Love you! Have an amazing weekend.